Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Shape the Culture's weekly sermon, our weekly podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time guest, thank you for joining us. Um, However you found your way here, I just want to continue to say that I thank you. I appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe at shapetheculture.org. You can also find the transcript and the written message to that accompanies this, that accompanies this sermon online at shapetheculture.org. You can also subscribe to have the message sent to you personally every week. If you're a continuing listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you continue to find something that inspires you, that brings you back. Um, make sure you leave me any comments, ratings, or feedback that you have. You can hit me up at shapetheculture.org. You can shoot me an email. Um, that's shapetheculture at gmail.com. Um, and you could also hit me up on Instagram at shapetheculture, all right? Um, this week, we're going to get right back into our series, Chosen. This week, we are continuing um, our series, Chosen. And this week, we will be closing our series, Chosen, as well. Um, this series was really meant to inspire and awake the feeling and belief that we are all chosen people. Um, it's really my personal belief that no matter who you are and what you believe, you are chosen, anointed, and have a purpose. And I think part of uncovering that and discovering that for us individually is one, starting out with the belief um, and then looking at ways where we can individualize our experiences, um, connecting to God in our own individual ways. Um, And so throughout this series, I've been sharing my interpretation of a few of the biblical heroes um, to show you about how being chosen is more about how and what we believe about our actual selves than what others believe about us. And then even what others believe about what we believe. We have to really hold steadfast to our own beliefs, our own truths. Um, So we spent time looking at the choices we made. We looked at being comfortable with our vulnerabilities, overcoming our inner demons, and promoting ourselves with self-talk. So this week, we're going to go back to the Old Testament. Um, So far, we've talked about Habakkuk, Moses, David, and Jesus. And now we're going to look at the life and story of Saul. We're going to talk about King Saul. I'm not talking about the Saul who turned into Paul in the New Testament. I want to talk about Saul in the Old Testament. And I really want to take a look at the life of Saul because I want us to understand um, how worry can impact our lives, our daily lives, and how even that if we worry too much, we can really worry away the anointing on our lives. Um, But I also, by sharing my interpretation of the story and give you some things. I'm really hope that I can give you some tools um, that can help shape your perspective about worry and limit how much we actually worry in our lives. And so we're going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 9 to start us off. And we're going to read verses 17 through 21. And they read like this. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. And just then, Saul approached Samuel at the gateway and asked, Can you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up to the place of worship ahead of me. We will eat there together. And in the morning, I'll tell you what you want to know and send you on your way. And don't worry about those donkeys that were lost three days ago, for they have been found. And I'm here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of all of Israel's hopes. Saul replied, but I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel, and my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. 
Why are you talking to me like this? All right, so to talk about Saul and the verses that I just read, we have to understand where Saul comes from and how he got to, to the point of meeting with Samuel to be named king. Um, and one thing that I want to point out is that Samuel, during these times, that's why the book is called 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, Samuel is the, the main prophet of these times in the in the Bible. He's the one that that really is the voice of God for us in these stories. So when we read about Samuel, we really we're really talking about the prophet, really the voice of God during these times that was telling people who they were and what they were meant to do and and leading the way in the culture. Um and so to start off with Saul, when he was younger, he was known to be a head taller than all his peers. That's how he's described. And and it shows that even though he was from the tribe of Benjamin, which he called the least of all families, he actually came from a powerful family. See, Saul was chosen from birth but what he was but he wasn't chosen inside his own head he didn't have that belief in himself and so we meet Saul at the beginning of his hero's quest his father has sent him off to rescue his missing donkeys and to his father this is an important mission this is something he must do and it's so important to his father that his father sent his son to complete the job for him not a servant you know he didn't hire anybody he sent his son and so we see from the beginning that Saul has not only inherited his father's power, but also his tendency to worry because his father is worried about donkeys and he sends Saul to find the donkeys. So now Saul naturally is worried about the donkeys as well. So we read that Saul searches for the donkeys for three days. And after three days of traveling across the land, we read that Saul stopped worrying about the donkeys and actually started to worry about his father worrying about him. And that's how he got to coming to Samuel, because he was so worried about the donkeys that he got caught up in the journey. He was gone for three days looking for the donkeys. Then after three days, he starts to realize that I've been gone for so long that now my father will start worrying about me. So now Saul is worried about the donkeys and he's worried about his father. And so he has this idea, him and his friend, his servant friend that he's out with, they have this idea. Let's go find the man of God, the voice of God, which is Samuel. And so now he's consumed with worry and he's going to see the prophet Samuel and hopefully Samuel can tell him what to do. But really the problem that we must avoid is avoiding the worry of others in the world. That so when I think and when I think about the times that I get caught up in worry, often it's nothing that really warrants me to worry. I begin to worry from and about the thoughts of others and I think I think that's a common theme for us like the world that we live in is built off worry, and it's not even necessarily our personal worry. When we really think about it, we start worrying about making enough money, saving enough money, finding the right job, finding the right person, meeting the requirements of our parents, matching our lives with social media. It's nothing but constant worry, stress and worry in our lives. But when we really think about it, we have nothing to worry about. All those things, when we start thinking about if we're not making enough money, if we're not saving enough money, if we don't, if we have the right job or not, or if we're dating or with the right person, that's all a society. That's all those all that's all the constraints of society and other people putting those worries and doubts inside of our head. Because when we really think about it, we're pretty comfortable and we're stable. And we actually have solid lives that often many people would love to have. And so once our perspective starts to shift, our worry starts to dis- starts to dis- decrease. And we can't allow the worry of the world and others to bring us down. 
But naturally, of course, what I do want to point out is that there are some things that are worthy of worrying about. Life is bound to cause us to enter situations that that naturally push us to the edge. And when we're at the edge of life, it's okay to be worried. But what we have to do is learn how to deal with our worry. So let's look back at the story of Saul. Saul has been chosen as king. Samuel has told him that God has chosen him to lead over the people. But what Saul is still so worried about is his family background that he doesn't believe it. His belief in himself is holding him back. That's the problem for him. And so at this point, Saul has a choice, a choice that we can all make at a certain point. Saul can choose to cry at the bottom or he could choose to cry at the top. Yes, his family may have been the smallest tribe, but that didn't matter because Saul was meant to take his tribe to a whole nother level. Like Samuel said, now they were the focus. His perspective had to change before he could change his life. And one thing that I had to learn for myself is that I can't want greatness for myself and then not believe that I can actually make it happen. And so we see that Saul could have stayed at the bottom of the mountain. He could have gone home. He could have gave up his search, but then he would have ended up missing the appointment for his anointing. But there was also another option. Samuel told Saul to go to the top of the mountain and see the mountaintop represents our victory. When we're at the top of the mountain, that means we've accepted our anointing and we now walk in our purpose. There is a mountaintop for all of us, but we have to decide to walk up the mountain to actually reach it. Saul had to make the choice to walk up the mountain mountain, and then he could cry there. You know, you can cry at the mountaintop because you've endured your struggles, you've overcome your obstacles, and now you're actually choosing to walk in your purpose. The verses we have read about Saul's story they leave us at a critical point in his life. Right now, he faces the choice of accepting the calling on his life or choosing to ignore it. And I want to highlight an important part of the story, though, because we read in verse 20 that the donkeys were found. Isn't that incredible? It's so incredible that I actually had to reread the story several times to really understand why that was mentioned. While Saul was worried about the donkeys, He was interrupted by his destiny calling. And so the quest he was sent on suddenly became so much bigger than he could could have ever imagined. And this left Saul even more worried and confused than before. But the best part about our worry and confusion is that if we can make the choice to shift our perspective, we'll see that everything takes care of itself. At the moment when Saul was faced with his critical choice, he also came to the realization that his previous problem was taken care of. That's the miracle. And that and that's what I want to highlight. That this this last point is that do not fold. If Saul had chosen to turn around to stop his search, to avoid contact with Samuel, not only would he have never known he was meant to be king, but he never would have found the donkeys. You have to walk where you are led by your spirit. It's not always going to make sense. Yes, it's going to be tough and you will be placed in situations you've never dreamed of, but don't fold. Never stop and keep going. And now that I've told you about Saul's victory and how he came to be anointed as king, before I conclude, I have to tell you the other side of the story. Remember, I mentioned that you can worry away your anointing. And so if we jump ahead to 1 Samuel 13, we actually see how this happens. Saul is now king. And, and now he's in battle, waging war against his enemies. And while he's in the middle of a battle, Saul was instructed by Samuel to wait for him to arrive to present his offering to God. But remember, Saul was a worrier. He was somebody that was always worrying. 
He was somebody who started his journey with worry and doubt. So Saul becomes impatient. While he is waiting, the situation he is in starts to look bleak. He starts to worry that even though Samuel told him to wait, Samuel won't show up in time and that he'll face defeat before his enemies. So he doesn't follow the instructions and presents his sacrifice before Samuel shows up. And when he does this, Samuel arrives and says these words to him, taken from 1 Samuel 13, verses 13 through 14. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. This is the other side of the story. It is possible to worry your anointing away and miss your appointment. We have to learn to build the trust in ourselves and in our spirits. That's that's what this whole series has been about. And so I want when I conclude, I want the message that I really want to get across to you is that victory really is ahead of you and everything is destined to work out for your greater good. Do not let any negativity stand in your way. Stay focused, dedicated and committed to seeking out where the spirit of God inside of you pulls you to go. So thank you once again for tuning in to Shape the Culture's weekly sermon. I appreciate you listening and making it to this point. I hope you found something that really touched you and works for you, something that you can take away and use you know, every in your everyday life. Make sure that you subscribe at shapetheculture.org. Share with a friend. We follow the model of each one, teach one. Leave me any ratings, comments, constructive criticism that you have. And hopefully you tune in next week. Love you. Peace.